Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Bonus Benson. This segment is officially completely off the rails. What are you talking about? Stuff we wish never aired. I will eat chalupas all day long. Come on, man. The Guy Benson Show. Happy 37th birthday, Guy. From the very beginning, you have loved talking to and engaging with all sorts of people. And you have never shied away from an opportunity to celebrate a happy occasion. And today is certainly one of those. Have a great birthday, Guy. We love you so much. What she said. (laughs) We love Love you. you. Happy birthday, Guy. I can't wait to celebrate with you tonight. You're the smartest, most talented, and hardworking person I know, and you deserve the world for your birthday. I can't wait to see what's in store for us this year. I know that it's going to be great. Happy birthday. I can't imagine a better person to spend the rest of my life with. I love you. This is Mary Catherine Ham. You know, I'm I'm calling in from Aruba. I've just hopped off the Cuckoo Canuckoo for the first annual cookie crawl in honor of Guy Benson's birthday. And honestly, it's weird you're not here. Uh, Christine told me that you guys were best friends and she was going to make it happen. And I thought, I'm your best friend, so I should be there too. Um, but there must have been like a schedule conflict or you know, I guess you're spending more time with your family anyway. We miss you. We miss you like Carousel. Wait, Christine, that last part reads like a threat. I don't just... This is Steve. Hey, and this is Robin. Happy birthday. Happy birthday week. And happy birthday month. Enjoy your celebration. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Hey, guy. It's Dan. Here wishing you a happy, happy birthday. I hope when you blow out your candles, you wish for baseball to come back like I would. Go Yankees. Hey, guy. It's Wyatt. Or YY. Or Quiet Wyatt. Or now, as we know, War Wyatt. Um, today I have approved this segment to go through because uh, it's a big important day. It is your birthday, and I hope you have a happy, happy birthday. This is Anna Delvey from the Anna Delvey Foundation. ADF, I heard it's your birthday. I hope nobody hurts your little baby feelings on your birthday. And don't eat too much cake. You'll get fat. <laughs> oh, we're back. It's the Guy Benson Show. Oh, boy. I'm trying to figure out how to even unpack what we all just heard. Thank you for being here during this happy hour. So you heard from my parents. You heard from my in-laws. You heard from my husband. You heard from my best friend with a lot of inside jokes. For those of you who listen to Bonus Benson or these Home Stretch segments, I think you heard a lot of them there. And by the way, I have to give a special shout-out on this March 7th. Yes, it is my birthday. It is also the anniversary for Mary Catherine and her husband, their second anniversary. So happy anniversary, MK. And then the whole team, very kind of them to chime in. Why it was especially funny. Dan, you're right, although I'm feeling increasingly gloomy about prospects for the baseball season. And then last there, it was a very strange, maybe familiar voice with a bizarre accent. That was producer Christine doing her impression 
of what's the name of the show? Inventing Anna, Anna Delvey. It's a big Netflix hit. I have, in fact, watched it. She's not going to drag me into this topic today because we will discuss it on a home stretch this week. I finally finished the ninth and final episode. She's a big fan, but she insisted that she did an amazing impression of Anna Delvey. And now, obviously, she shared it with the world. And it was less terrible than it was on the phone earlier. I'll give her that, but still could use some work. Christine. Well, that was Broad. Uh, are you still doing Anna Delvey? Is this what this is? I'm done. I'm done. done. But I, I hope you enjoyed it, Guy. We hope you have a very, very happy birthday. You're my best friend in the entire world. <laughs> and I can't wait to celebrate tonight. You know what I like celebrating every day is healthy boundaries. And that's why I do the show from D.C. and you produce the show from New York. Healthy boundaries among, I would say, friendly colleagues, which is a similar phrase to best friends, just slightly different. Whatever. <laughs> it was nice of you to put that together. You always do some sort of montage each year, because we've now, is this my third, maybe fourth birthday that we've spent on the air together? I always brace for impact of who have you chased down. This year, I'm actually grateful you didn't go chase down a bunch of Fox personalities to sort of wish me a happy birthday and take time out of their busy schedule because I feel guilty. Like, I was going to lose it if you had Trey Yinkst. Oh, right, like, right you from imagine? like from From Kiev. Like, I know things are rough here, but I want to wish you a happy birthday like I was going to have a word with you afterwards. But I think better judgment prevailed in this case. War Wyatt probably nixed that immediately, and we kept it within the family, so to speak. And I just have to take this opportunity to, again, thank everyone who was a part of that, and it's very meaningful, and it's very sweet to hear everyone's voice. Um, I also want to tease for the audience that we will return to something somewhat political in the next segment here. But when we come back for the home stretch, our final segment, which will be a longer one today, we have a birthday celebration, if you will, that will not focus on my birthday itself or even on me. It will, however, focus on ice cream. And I explained recently on the show that a major ice cream manufacturer, I guess it's more of a boutique ice cream producer, but they got wind of a few things I was saying about one of their controversial flavors, and they decided that they were going to basically troll me and send it to me, along with some of their less controversial flavors that I'm much more excited about. We are going to taste them on the air because it's my birthday and because I can so I guess that will be my birthday gift to me on the air coming up later on this hour on the home stretch. But as I mentioned, back to politics, sort of briefly, when we return. It is, yes, a birthday edition of The Guy Benson Show. And yes, a very happy hour sponsored by The Finnish Long Drink. And we'll be right back after this. Home stretch on this Monday. And it is, as we've mentioned on the program earlier, a special Monday here on the program. It is, in fact, my birthday. And let me tell you, there is nothing more exciting than turning 37 on a Monday. But to lighten things up here and sweeten things up, if you will, at the end of the program, we are going to follow through on something that we mentioned to you, what was it, last week probably at some point, maybe the week before, 
Jenny's Ice Cream is a high-end ice cream manufacturer. I believe they're based in Ohio. And I've had their stuff before, generally quite delicious. It's on the pricey side. I will say that. I know there was a whole Pelosi thing you might remember with her very expensive freezers and the Jenny's Ice Cream. Well, last year at some point, Jenny's announced a new flavor, which was everything bagel flavored ice cream. You know the bagel that you can get that has, like, garlic and onions and sesame seeds and poppies, like everything? They just throw the kitchen sink on this bagel, which I don't like in bagel form. They've turned it into ice cream, apparently. So we uh, gave it a hard pass here on the show. We had our debate about it. I'm sure it was during a home stretch, And I was a firm no. I also tweeted something to this effect. On my personal feed, at Guy P. Benson. Well, Jenny's is now out with a new batch of everything bagel ice cream. Mind you, I have not tried it. This was one of the things where I felt like I didn't need to try it to know that I wasn't terribly interested. But the good folks at Jenny's Ice Cream reached out to me. They slid into my DMs on Instagram, at Guy P. Benson. Same handle for Twitter and Instagram. They said, hey, we seem to recall that you had some negative thoughts about this flavor, well, it's coming back, and we want to send it to you and see if maybe a free pint might change your mind. So after some intense negotiations, by which I mean I said, sure, that'd be great, thank you. Can you send some other flavors too? They said, oh, yeah, no problem. They have sent, actually, Quiet Wyatt was the person who intercepted the ice cream at my direction. I was out of town. They sent six pints of ice cream, six different flavors, to Quiet Wyatt's apartment. He transported them here to Fox today. And I'm surprised he didn't have, like, an armed entourage to protect this ice cream. And, Wyatt, you said that you had to put a sign in the freezer warning people, do not eat this ice cream. This is official property of the Guy Benson Show for the home stretch. Were these ice creams tampered with, or did people obey your message? Uh, people obeyed. Yeah, I, I I was worried that there was going to be some some uh, some opening of the ice cream in the in the communal uh, freezer, but we we successfully got it here in, in one piece. And it happens to be a very hot day in D.C., so I was also worried about transporting it in this heat. Yes, because we have not hit a eighty degree day yet. So, but we're 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 solid. So, without further ado, and for my birthday. And most importantly, for the purposes of science, because we believe in science here at the show, I'm going to sample all of these ice creams on the air. I think it's incredibly important, and I will do my best to react. And I'm going to start, and just so you know, I have six different spoons, so there's no cross-contamination. We take our science seriously here. I also have a delicious Coke Zero waiting. In fact, let me just yeah, open that Coke Zero so I can cleanse the palate in between each flavor. Here we go. Oh, yeah, that's good. Okay. It's one of my favorites. All right. We are opening with the controversy. We are starting. Oh, it's it's dripping already. We are starting ew, with the Everything Bagel ice cream. And I am, I am highly skeptical, but we're going to try. And they call it cream cheese ice cream with everything bagel gravel. Doesn't that sound appealing? All right. We're trying it. Mm. That tastes like an everything bagel. It's cold. 
It has some sweetness to it. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't think so. It's too savory. It, it's not really a dessert. Hang on, having one more tiny. I give them credit because it is truth in advertising. It is absolutely everything bagel flavored. It's not subtle. It hits you right across the face. And if you love and everything, and if you love everything bagels, you might actually like this. It just it doesn't strike me as something you would want for dessert. Okay, so I'm going to stick with my hard pass. And I say that with gratitude toward Jenny's for sending this to me. By the way, this is not an ad for them. They're not paying this. They just plied me with ice cream. I'm not that hard to figure out. By the way, if there's any bourbon companies out there, find winemakers. You know, um, can I tweet something bad about your product? You'll send me an array of your products for me to taste on the air. Although maybe not hard liquor. Plus, we only have one liquor product in our hearts here on the show, and that, of course, is the long drink, which is sponsoring this very segment. Okay, so everything bagel, we're done with that one. So the next the next one up here is another one that I'm not terribly excited about, I have to admit, and this is not Jenny's fault. It's just I don't really like mint. I like breath mints to help, you know, if I've got, uh, for example, everything bagel breath. You want some mint, but... I don't love mint-flavored ice creams, and I know that some of you are very mad at me for saying that because chocolate chip mint, for example, is one of the most popular flavors out there, just not for me. This is called Savannah Butter Mint, a buttery after-dinner mint ice cream with white chocolate flecks. So, oh, hang on, I have to do, I have to cleanse my palate. I almost forgot the scientific method we have here. Okay, so there's a Coke Zero helping... Wipe away the bagel flavor. I'm going to peel this thing off the top. We're getting a little drippy here. Oop, hang on. New spoon. Need a new spoon. We've got better uh, protocols here than the Wuhan lab. Okay. This is going to be white flecks of chocolate embedded in a buttery after-dinner mint ice cream. Okay, so if you like mint in your ice cream, you're going to love this. I don't like mint in my ice cream, so I'm not like, let me get another big scoop of that. But and the white chocolate is subtle, but you can taste it. Okay, Um, this is good. I don't like minty things in my ice cream. I don't really get the after-dinner thing either. I feel like that's very limiting to when ice cream should be consumed. I think ice cream should be consumed... At all times of the day, basically. I'll be a great parent, won't I? Okay, next flavor. Next flavor. I've got to pick up the pace here because we're running out of time. Okay, so I've actually had this one before, the salty caramel. Palate cleansed. Fire-toasted sugar with sea salt, vanilla, and grass-grazed milk. A perfect balance of salty and sweet. New spoon, and here we go. This is the salty caramel, and I know I'm going to like it because I've had it before. Ooh, it's got that really nice caramel-like color, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. See, the thing is, I have a special report coming up here. <laughs> then dinner, 
little birthday dinner. I don't want to like have a stomach ache and spoil my appetite. But my mom's not here to tell me that, so here's another bite. Mmm, that is so good. Okay, um, I'll be bringing that home for sure. Okay, so that one's a hit. This one is called Brown Butter Almond Brittle, which is very promising. Brown butter almond candy crushed into buttercream ice cream. Yep. I'm liking the sound of it. All right. Opening it up. Oh, it looks so good, too. Oh, and you can see some of that almond stuff in there. This is a very white ice cream base here for an extremely white person. So maybe that is appropriate. All right, ready? Oh, I forgot to change spoons. I just realized. You know what? That's fine. The science has changed. I just got the memo. The science has officially changed as of 20 seconds ago. So it's fine. Okay, here we go. Ooh. Look at that crunch. Oh, this is my favorite one so far. Oh, why? You're going to have to come take this away from me. There's going to be a problem. Hang on. I'm having one more bite because it's my birthday. Oh, yeah. What is this one again? Brown butter almond brittle. Gosh, what do people pay for this stuff? Like, I don't want to. I don't want to bankrupt myself on ice cream, but that one might be worth it. Okay, so this next one, several of you wrote into me about this flavor because I took a photo of the ice creams, actually Wyatt took it and sent it to me, and I put it out on my Twitter feed and on my Instagram story, and multiple people came and sent me notes and messages saying, oh, you're going to love the gooey butter cake. Notice that butter is a, a theme a theme here. I'm sure that I don't, I'm not looking at calorie counts. I'm just not doing it. Not today, Satan. Not on my birthday, but gooey butter cake. People were like, guy, you were going to love this. Here's how they describe it. Cream cheese ice cream. So it's a similar base to the, uh, the bagel one. Layered with crumbles of vanilla cake and a swirl of caramel butterscotch sauce. Okay, this one's definitely a little melty. So let's get to it. Oh. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to scoop this so I don't. Oh, it tastes. It almost tastes like you're eating a cake, but it's just ice cream. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good, too. I like the crunch of the other one better, but this one. All right, you guys were right. Those of you who told me about gooey butter cake, you were right. All right, that's five. Do we have one more? One more. Five down, one to go. We are creating we are creating quite a mess here. All right, hang on. I need one more, one more sip of the Coke Zero here to uh, <clears throat> prepare my palate. Because, again, we're, we're doing this. We take this extremely seriously. Now, we talk about the things that matter on this program, like ice cream. You can't even see me eating it. You have to listen to me eating ice cream on my birthday. I really hope this is as entertaining for you as it is for me. This is highly entertaining for me, but I'm the one who also gets to eat the ice cream. All right. Last but not least, from Jenny's, is, oh, coffee with cream and sugar. Intelligentsia coffee steeped in cream, the sweet, complex flavor, and robust aroma of freshly brewed coffee shines through. Wyatt is a big coffee guy. He's hoping that I don't like this flavor so he can take it home. I can tell. All right, I'm going to do one more fresh spoon if I can get... 
thing off of it, which I can't because my <laughs> my hands are too sticky and slippery now. Okay, I got, I got it. Crisis averted. Final one, the coffee variety called coffee with cream and sugar. I like coffee-flavored things. I don't like really coffee itself. So I'm anticipating liking this. Yeah, it's good. That's just an intense, intense coffee flavor. So it's, I would say it's in the upper echelon of coffee-flavored ice creams that I've had. All right, it's time to rank these, just in case you care. So Wyatt's going to hold these up. I would say, with all due respect, at the bottom of the list, it is the Everything Bagel ice cream. It is definitely interesting to taste, but not for me. So that's five. Number four is the Savannah Buttermint, just because I don't really like mint in ice cream. So that's not their fault. It's just my own personal taste. I would say the coffee ice cream comes next. That's number four. Number three is gooey butter cake. Number two is salty caramel, which I thought was going to be my favorite because I've had it before and I really like it. And number one is brown butter almond brittle. That stuff is very addictive. And I'm going to instruct, not ask, I'm going to instruct Wyatt to take all of this away from me because I'll just sit here getting ready for a special report. And I'll probably spill on myself. I'll forget the topics. I'll be a giant mess with Brett Baer. And you can't do that. Got to bring your A game with Brett. Thank you, Jenny's Ice Cream, for this ice cream. Thank you for sending me six different varieties of your flavors and allowing us to have this fun. On my birthday, it worked out really well. And while you haven't changed my position on the Everything Bagel Ice Cream, admittedly, uh, I hope that this was still an enjoyable radio segment for your PR department. And again, this was not an ad. We just They sent us ice cream. We ate it on the air. Happy birthday to me. Catch you on Special Report, as I mentioned, coming up in the next hour, right after 6.40 or so p.m. Eastern Time, right back here on the radio, same time, same place, no ice cream, though. It's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on The Guy Benson Show. On this Tuesday from D.C. in the Tony Snow Radio Studios, thank you for tuning in. The podcast is free, the whole show in its entirety, every day on demand, no charge, GuyBensonShow.com. Well, yesterday during this segment, I did something that I feel like is every little kid's dream. I drank soda and ate ice cream and no one could stop me. No ice cream today, no beverages, but I do want to pick up on something that we kind of touched on Earlier in the 5 o'clock hour yesterday as we were celebrating my birthday just a little bit, producer Christine and company were kind enough to assemble a whole series of clips of people wishing me happy birthday. Friends and relatives, my best friend's kids sang to me. It was adorable. And then at the very end of the montage came producer Christine doing an impression, I will say, better than most of her impressions. It's a grading curve, but still of a character from a TV show that she had binge-watched and was obsessed with. Adam had started watching it at our house, and he really liked it, so he encouraged me to get going. I started watching it, and then we finished the ninth and final episode just the other night. So Christine has been begging for us to do a home stretch discussion about Inventing Anna, which is on Netflix. 
and it is the dramatization of a real-life story, although they apparently embellish stuff significantly as well. In every episode, they have a disclaimer that says, effectively, I'm paraphrasing, this story is completely true except for the parts that are made up. Like, okay. But at its core, this was a true story. A young woman in New York City swindling her way basically into the upper crust of society and coming very close to getting millions of dollars in loans to start this art-related social club, rubbing elbows with a bunch of famous people, very rich people, and she was a scammer. She was a grifter, but she was good at it and was very good at manipulating people and kind of almost got away with it and did for a long time. And there was a journalist from New York Magazine who sort of sniffed out this story and wrote about it and became a huge social media phenomenon. You may have heard about this woman, Anna Delvey. And I won't give too many spoilers, even though you can just Google what happened in the news. This is an actual series of events. There was a trial and everything. But they dramatized it. They had Delvey. They had her retinue of friends and hangers-on, her family, about whom she lied a lot, her business associates, to whom she lied a lot, and then the journalist trying to get to the bottom of all of it and writing a story about this girl with her permission because she wanted to be famous, which I guess, mission successful, right? She's now at least something of a household name. There's a whole Netflix series about her. So I watched it. I will give you my overall review. Interesting story. Fascinating person in some ways. Not the most well-written television I've ever watched and not the most well-acted television I've ever watched. I'll just say that. But it entertained me. It kept my interest. I watched the nine episodes. They're all about an hour long. I'm not mad that I watched it. I'm not sure I'd go back and watch it again. I'm not telling you to race out and watch it immediately. But there's a lot of cultural buzz about the show. SNL lampooned it last weekend, did a pretty good job of it. There are some actors in the show that are marginally famous who are now going to become more famous. So Julia Garner plays the main character. She, I think, is from Ozark. I watched a little bit of Ozark. I gave up on it. I know sacrilege to fans of the show, and I love Jason Bateman, but I just couldn't do it. She's one of the main-ish characters in Ozark, Julia Garner. She plays Anna Delvey with her very strange accent. Then Anna Chlumsky is the journalist in this show. She was in Veep. She was a major side character in Veep, sort of a neurotic political aide in that show. She's the journalist here. Kind of plays a similar type of woman in this show, just a different job. Then Laverne Cox from Orange is the New Black. She has a role in this show as a trainer and a friend to... Uh, the fake socialite, although was she kind of a real socialite who was faking it in terms of her wealth? Anyway, that's a whole separate conversation. I thought it was fine. Somewhat entertaining. Glad I watched it, but like a six and a half out of ten is what I'd give it. So Christine, I think, is a much bigger fan of the show than I am. She also loves the character and the weird accent, and it's a very strange accent. It's like a German-Russian combo accent. It's, it's weird. Here's just a taste of some of the one-line zingers 
from this character, Anna Delvey, in this bizarre accent. Let's just play them. Cut 44 through 47. I have a question. What's you wearing? You look poor. I am famous. People are painting a public picture of me as a criminal. That's not my story. You have to work hard to get what you want. I've always known that. I'm building something as a private club. Accept me on the VIP room. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. Okay. So, Christine, this is... I guess one of her heroes. She loves this character. She does her impression. She did it on the show yesterday, and a number of people were very confused by it, including my parents. They're like, what What was that with Christine? What was she doing with that accent? So, Christine, you've heard my review of Inventing Anna, and I'm wondering where you would dissent. Ugh, that review was so basic. Just terrible. I don't understand how you don't how you didn't love this show. First of all, you must not be a Shonda Rhimes fan. Uh, would, would that be correct? Who? Shonda Rhimes, the, the person that wrote Inventing Anna, who created and produced it. She's also the creator of Grey's Anatomy. She has a specific way of writing. It might actually be geared more towards women, but um, I just... I didn't, I've never watched Grey's, and <gasps> oh, this... Boy. Okay. This presentation, I thought, was, eh, you know. I fine. thought the acting, I, I, what was wrong with the acting? I, I, I would say this would probably be a 10 out of 10 for me. I oh. loved also how, you know, they were like meaty length episodes. So, like, you didn't just get a half an hour, 40 minutes. Like, each one yeah, was like Quantity over an doesn't hour. necessarily translate to quality, right? Just because it was an hour doesn't mean it was good for an hour. But, but what I'm saying is quality and quantity. A plus. Plus plus. Look, it's a popular show. I'm not disputing it. I just, I thought it was maybe not quite worthy of all the hype, but interesting. So, I came away from that not hating Anna. Like, the real Anna. And, and dare I say, kind of liking her. Well, that doesn't surprise me, because she's <laughs> originally Russian, and then she lies about her past and comes to America to try to build a successful life and has this weird accent that, I don't know, I feel like that would all appeal to you given your your background and what we know about your Soviet roots. Now you're really going to confuse people. No, but you know what I liked and <laughs> I, I do like about her? Listen, yes. Um, well, I mean, she stands by she did not. If you watched anything about the real Anna Delvey or any documentaries and any of inter- interviews, she stands by she didn't do anything wrong. She would love to know But she did. Crime. And spoiler alert, spoiler, spoiler alert, so you can tune out if you need to. She was convicted of multiple crimes because she did the crimes and it was proven in a court of law. She did many things wrong, legally wrong, ethically wrong, morally wrong. She's not a good person. She's a bad person and a criminal. And I didn't, like, absolutely loathe every single element of her. I think some of that was, like, you know, a tough facade and putting up a a weird defense system for her own emotions and all of that. But I think that she's a delusional, chronically and serially dishonest person who came close to swindling millions out of people and financially abused other people who could not afford it, close to her to keep up this whole charade and keep it going just another day or two. How can you be sympathetic to this character, honestly? Like, I thought that she was an extremely 
obnoxious, dishonest, unethical person? I thought that she was a very, very smart, savvy person who was basically, you know, came to New York to own New York. And that's what she accomplished for a few years. Just without any of the money or the actual owning. Right. That's the thing. She faked it. She faked it and she abused a lot of people and hurt a lot of people along the way. Oh, like her friend who she forced to give the credit card to? Like, that girl didn't have to put her credit card on the line. They could have figured something else out. Well, no, they couldn't have, though. Because she, yeah, well, she she stole 60 grand from that girl and got her into huge trouble. She did trouble. not steal that money. She did not steal. She did not yeah, take well, money from that girl. She effectively did. She effectively did. And she stole money from a lot of other places, hotels and restaurants. I mean, she racked up massive bills on other people's dime and kept saying that she would pay it back from her rich oligarch father who didn't actually exist. And it screwed over a lot of other people who couldn't afford it. And it really impacted their lives. I just don't understand why that, like, I guess, you know, it's like, okay, for a swindler, for a grifter, for a faker, she has, I guess they said an eidetic memory, right, where she could just instantly memorize things. She was very manipulative and skilled at bending people to her will. But that doesn't make her really admirable, given the massive ethical lapses and the crimes that she committed to achieve her dreams that were not exactly altruistic. They were very selfish. And she was unbelievably selfish the whole time. I just don't I don't know how you come away from this series being like, wow, I really kind of like that Anna Delvey. Although weirdly in the final episode, like her lawyer is weirdly obsessed with her and, and almost like seemingly half in love with her. The journalist falls for her. Like I think she's an extremely manipulative person. And as someone who fell for the Andrew Cuomo act, Christine, I'm not surprised that you'd be taken in. I'm surprised you're going to get Tinder swindled by Anna Delvey while she's in prison. You're going to be wire transferring your life savings. You're going to sell your house and immediately send that money to Anna Delvey. You are <laughs> you are the mark here. Well, you are not helping uh, my case of trying to book her for the show. So thank you to that. Oh, I would not like to have her on this show. Yes, you. If I told you I booked Anna Delvey, you're telling me you would say no, no thanks? I think so. Because... Mm. Because you'd be distracted from a previous booking challenge that you've set for yourself, which is Britney Spears. You book Britney, then we can talk about Delvey next. Start with Britney. Oh, I'll work on Britney first. Okay. Do you want to do Got this it. impression one more time and then we can put it to bed and not do it ever again on the show? I don't know why you have to be so rude. It's just you have a basic, basic review of me. You don't know anything about me. I am trying to start something here. I am starting a foundation. I don't have time for you. Tell me about my baby feelings, Anna. You and your little baby feelings. You look fat. <laughs> What's wrong with you? Your clothes. You look puh. It's not bad. It's actually not that bad. All things considered, it's not that bad. Play the real one. Cut 47 again. I do not have time for this. I do not have time for you. And I do not have time to keep talking because we are out of time and we're done for the day. Back here tomorrow, same time, same place. It's the Guy Benson Show. Have a great night.
home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. It is Wednesday. Glad that you've been here with us for the entirety of the program, I hope, so far. Almost there. And if you've missed any of the show, of course, there's a podcast. It's on demand. It is free every day. GuyBensonShow.com. Well, I saw this headline flash across last night, and I immediately actually sent a news item about it to my buddy Dan Duva, best friend from home, professional sports broadcaster. He's the voice of the Golden Knights out in Vegas in the National Hockey League. He and I did sports casting together for years. And if Dan has one weakness, one might argue that he has more than one weakness. I would not really expand on that point at all because he often listens. But one of his weaknesses, he would admit fully, is baked goods. And I remember one year for Lent, people were giving things up. And I'm Protestant, so that's not really something that we do. But he's Catholic, so he's giving something up for Lent. And rather than giving up the broad category of baked goods, he gave up a very specific form of baked good from a specific company. He gave up chocolate chip Entenmann's cookies. It's a very narrowly constructed sacrifice, if you will. And who am I to judge? I didn't give up anything. But that was his announcement. I remember teasing him about it at the time. But he was and is a big Entenmann's guy. And he gets to know local bakeries. He's like, oh, when you're here, you have to go there. He's one of those. And he'll show up at your house with a box of something, and it's always delicious. Although he knows I'm much less of a sweet baked goods person in general than he is, and probably less than average, I would say. But he was a big Entenmann's guy to the point that, in his mind, giving up one of their products was something that he had to really make an effort and a show of doing uh, based on the season of sacrifice at Lent. So, that being said, the news item, the clipping that I sent him was Charles Entenmann, who helped franchise his Long Island family's bakery, passed away at the age of 92. And so the Internet was paying tribute to Charles Entenmann and Entenmann's generally with an array of options from the Entenmann's catalog, if you will, saying, which of these is your favorite? And they had, like, crumb cake type stuff, like coffee cake. They had donuts. They had the aforementioned chocolate chip cookies. I think as soon as this segment began, if Dan was listening, he usually listens on the podcast, and he heard a mention of him, I think he knew exactly where this was going. There was no way we weren't going to do an intimate segment here to end the program, which I will point out makes this a very high-calorie segment for the week because we did Jenny's ice cream on Monday with actual taste testing, actual ingested calories. We're just talking today. There were no cookies. I didn't send Wyatt out to a local grocery store to get an array of Entenmann's products to bring in here, although we could have crunched into the microphone and everything. I'm just not a big fan of baked goods, especially on a national chain like Entenmann's. Nothing against them. I'm doing the creepy Biden whisper thing because I don't want to offend anyone. I'm not saying Entenmann's is bad. It's just not my thing. So when I've looked at these online graphics like, oh, pick your favorite, I don't really know because I don't really eat that stuff ever. But the team has. And Wyatt, through the glass here in the studios, almost glaring at me, I would say. War Wyatt has strong thoughts. He thinks that I'm 
way off here. You're an Entenmann's person. Do you dunk Entenmann's products into your Rook coffee, Wyatt? No, I, I don't do that guy. But I do have a liking of the donuts. It's kind of like a memory thing with my grandparents. Whenever we went to Disney World and stayed with them, there's always a gift shop or the, the resort hotel store, and they always had Entenmann's. And so we would always have the variety pack the plain powdered chocolate and crumb donuts. Is the chocolate one where it's like a just a normal sort of vanilla donut, if you will, in the middle with an outside slightly yes. harder chocolate covering? Yes. And it okay. tastes really fake and really bad, but it's like one of those things you got to have. And so we would always get it, and that was always like the dessert Like thing. fake and bad in a good way? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. I, I always liked the, the crumb one, and I would always take off the little crumbs on top because they kind of, you could just pick them off. I'm pretty sure that we had at church growing up, they would have like in between services or in between the service and Sunday school, like a coffee hour or like a, a coffee period of time where they would have coffee, decaf, tea. And then I'm pretty sure those donuts, I think those were a staple. Occasionally they would have the Dunkin' Donuts munchkins, the donut holes. I like the chocolate ones of those. If I had to pick one, it would be that. But that's not Entenmann's. So I'm getting off topic, getting back to Entenmann's here in honor of the late, great Charles. Dan, you're also an Entenmann's Donuts guy, right? Yes, I do actually love those chocolate donuts that Wyatt was talking about. We always had them at my grandmother's house, and we put them in the fridge. So when you take them out, they're kind of like crunchy and cold, and then you put them in milk, and it was absolutely delicious. I loved it. So there's a grandparent theme here so far. And I'm also a believer of certain foods being better when they are either like chilled or warmed up in a way that you're not expecting. So I've said before, I'll say again, I'm a peanut M&M's guy. It's a weakness. When it comes to sweets, that's a weakness. And we put them in the fridge, not the freezer, but the fridge, because room temperature peanut M&M's, good, quite good. Chilled M&M's, not frozen, tremendous. Many people are saying delicious, so true. Christine, Entenmann's, yay or nay? Oh, 100% yay. So much so that back in 2011, when I was getting married, I wrote to Entenmann's asking them if they would make a special wedding cake for me with the marshmallow <laughs> devils. Wait, do you like, like handwrite a letter and mail it as an adult to Entenmann's? Just like to whom it may concern? Or was it addressed to our recently departed Charles? I didn't. I don't think I necessarily wrote to him, and I did not write a handwritten letter. I probably emailed, but I remember this being like a big deal for me because I don't know if any of you had the marshmallow devil's food iced cake. It is the greatest thing you will ever eat. It is mm. so unbelievably good, and I really, I, I often brought that. You know, I would, I would call a friend and say, "Would you like to have cake and coffee?" I'd bring over the uh, entomens, and then they laugh. That at was me. your go-to, mm-hmm. yeah, because you, you just wanted to eat it, and you were not going to do it alone. So that's was your excuse. Mm-hmm. So you wrote them asking mm-hmm. for like a special custom wedding cake, an entomens wedding cake. Yes. And did you get it? No. No, I didn't even get an answer back that that same week. I also wrote to Phil Collins asking if he would play at my well, wedding. Hold on, hold the phone. First of all, I'm just going to note here that. Your nickname is Cookie, and you have a thing for Entenmann's. So there's a little bit of synergy going on there. And now you wrote to Entenmann's and to Phil Collins asking for favors for your wedding. Did Phil Collins at least show up? 
No. No, he didn't even write me back. Nothing. Wow. Ghosted. And yet you remain so devoted to him. I mean, I understand he was busy, so... Do you think there's a chance that he read the note, got a sense maybe in his gut that you were, eh, you know, a little off, and decided rather than responding, he would just give you, let's call it, an invisible touch? What do you mean off? What do you mean I'm off? What does that mean? I am simply saying it's something that he may have hypothetically gleaned. I'm not saying it's something that I am asserting about you, per se. Just many people are saying. That's that's all I'm no, saying. Who, who? I'm reporting. I'm reporting. I report. You decide. I'm not going to name names. Christine, you can stew on that and maybe consider who the many people might be. But that's uh, for you on your own time because we're out of time. Plus, this is not a roast of Christine. This is a tribute to Charles Entman. As we wrap up today's edition of The Guy Benson Show, back here tomorrow, same place, same time. Thank you for listening. Have a great night. Home stretch on the Guy Benson Show. And if you're listening on the broadcast, this is a great Billy Joel song, Only the Good Die Young. Probably one of my top three songs in his catalog. He's got a lot of hits, but it's fantastic. It was played at our wedding, which was a lot of fun. And I'm a huge Billy Joel person. I've seen him, I believe, five times in concert, though not at the Garden yet, Madison Square Garden. I've got to go see him as part of his residency. He sells the place out every month. And the tickets are expensive. I was like, maybe I'll treat myself. I'll go down on the floor, get seats right near the front, see him at the garden. And I was online. It was like $1,100 per ticket. What? Maybe not. But I'm a Billy Joel fan. He's my favorite artist. And I could go off about that for quite some time. In fact, I did. I was on a podcast a couple years ago called Political Beats. You can Google it. We talked about Billy Joel. We went through every album It was, I think, an hour and a half. It was really fun. So if you're a Billy Joel person, you can check that out. And so it would make sense that when I saw on my Twitter feed last night that there's a Billy Joel biopic that's been approved or greenlit by a Hollywood studio, of course, I was interested. Like, oh, here we go. With the life and times of Billy Joel, we've seen this about Elton John. We've seen this about Queen and Freddie Mercury. There's been a series of these. And why not Billy Joel? But there was a slight problem with this film project. Problem is, apparently, the project has not gotten clearance to use Billy Joel's name, his likeness, or his music. So what could possibly go wrong with this movie? How do you make a Billy Joel movie if you can't say the name or use any of the music? It actually reminds me of a plot line from 30 Rock, the NBC sitcom where one of the characters, Jenna Maroney, this self-absorbed actress, was cast in a movie, a biopic of Janis Joplin. But similarly, they did not have the rights to any of that stuff, so she had to call herself Janet Jimpler and sing songs that were kind of similar but not quite right. Here's a little clip from 30 Rock, which kind of predicted the future in this sense. Cut 32. I will be playing Janis Joplin, or depending on how some legal matters pan out, a Janis Joplin-type character named Janet Jopler or Janie Jimplin. <laughs> Janie Jimplin. That one. <laughs> and I think they had to end up changing it even more because of the threat of lawsuits in the 30 Rock episode. Now, that has come to life in the case of this film project, 
if it continues to move forward, about Billy Joel. If it happens, I might have to go see it just to witness how they try to navigate this minefield. You make a whole movie about someone, but you can't use their name for their music, and what they're famous for is their music. Perhaps they could sing some songs, whoever this was, that are kind of similar. Right? Sing us a song, I'm the keyboard guy, for legal reasons. Moving in. Downtown woman, as opposed to uptown girl. Now just tweak them a little bit. It sounds vaguely familiar. Just change some things so you don't get sued. Scenes from a Sicilian eatery. right? You can't say Italian restaurant. Bottle of red. And then the song that we bumped in with on the broadcast today here in the home stretch. Only the good perish early. That's sort of, I don't know, a little bit less catchy. It doesn't quite get your foot tapping the same way, does it? Well. We'll see if this project actually unfolds because it sounds like a disaster. And if you know anyone with a connection to Billy Joel tickets, uh, feel free to hit me up because I'd like to go see the real thing in real life once again. All right, I'm heading to South Carolina tonight. We'll be doing the show from Charleston tomorrow. Nikki Haley will be here, among others. Looking forward to that. In the meantime, we'll talk to you then. Same time, same place. In the meantime, have a great night. Thank you for listening. It's The Guy Benson Show. Home stretch on this Friday. It's The Guy Benson Show. Podcasts always available. GuyBensonShow.com. Just a public service announcement. We spring forward this weekend, 2 a.m. local time, early Sunday morning. Daylight savings time returns. So when you spring forward, you lose an hour of sleep. Don't forget about it. There have been some fun experiences, I would imagine, of people being early and or late to things, including church. We had that in my family growing up. But it's daylight saving time, and that is arriving Sunday, very early morning. So the sun will be out Later, that's the good news, but a little bit less sleep, a little bit less rest on Saturday night. Now, someone who can't really afford to lose an hour this weekend is producer Christine because she is going to be moving. Like, the full-blown move is happening. The house closing, has it happened or it's going to happen? But you've got the keys to the apartment. What's the timeline here, Christine? So, yes, we got the keys to the apartment. We've been doing a slow move each night when we get home from work, you know, bringing boxes over. Because the apartment's only about a mile from where we live right now. And uh, tomorrow is the big move where all of our furniture that we bought gets delivered. And we're, you know, home goods, all the packages, everything is starting to, you know, get organized and put together. And Sunday night we sleep there. And Tuesday morning we close. We hand the keys over Tuesday morning. We are out that of is a whole a flurry of activity. And are you nervous at this point? Because you're always anxious about stuff. Are you nervous or are you just, like, happy and excited? I'm just happy and excited. I really am. And honestly, we've been, so, especially with work, we've been so busy. And don't forget, I'm commuting now back to work. So, like, my days are really, really, well, not today, but my days are really full. So I don't think I've really processed thing uh, dan uh, actually dan and i were talking about it yesterday and i said i, I feel like anxiety and he goes you're moving 
he says, you, you have a big life change coming up. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's probably it. <laughs> well, so, and you're downsizing, me, right, from a house to an apartment, at least for a period of years. That's a big change. I know that you guys are making a nice, handsome profit on the house. That's good news. And you'll be looking to another house, a forever home in the future, but you're in this new apartment complex. You did mention that you were thinking about maybe trying to bring some of your inflatables with you and setting them up outside, like sort of on the patio of your apartment since you're on the ground floor. But Dan made a good point on the call earlier, which is you might not be able to do that, right? Because you're no longer the master of your domain. You're not a homeowner anymore in your own single family house. You're now sort of a tenant at an apartment building. There's a lot of rules that Cookie's going to have to follow. And I wonder if you're prepared for that. Uh, I had no clue uh, when Dan and Wyatt were talking about it on the call. I didn't know that someone could tell me, no, don't put your inflatable bunny up. Had you, know, I'm had you never right rented now, before? Um, no, Bobby and I did, yes. Before this house we rented. But I don't think I was in the inflatables yet. In, inflatables yet. You know, um, we had a small, small balcony in our last apartment. So I decorated as best as I could. There was always lights out there and stuff like that. But I, I can't imagine someone knocking on my door and saying, Christine, please take down, you know, your inflatable Santa. I mean, is someone really going to do that? Oh, I think so. I think if there's someone with taste in the building and they see it, There'll be a phone call made and a knock at the door. Maybe like a little uh, little note under the door to start. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to uh, Renterville. I mean, it's a different world. It's a brave new world, Christine. It's going to be a lifestyle change, but this is your whole scheme. It's being executed. I hope that you're more excited than anxious. Hope the whole move goes well this weekend, even though you lose that one hour. Don't forget about that heading in to Sunday. And then standard time returns in November when we fall back. When I, it's like it's such a bummer when yes you get one extra hour of sleep and then there's so much less sunshine, and then you look forward to this weekend every year except for the loss of sleep. I'm not really sure we need this at all anymore. Wasn't it about like farming and stuff? It seems antiquated and confusing. That's a side issue for another day. It's happening though is the point, which is why we wanted to mention it. All right, good luck, Christine. And uh, be safe. I know it's a lot happening in the span of a day or two, but uh, hopefully you'll be in one piece and in good shape for Monday show. We'll be good. And then once we're all settled, I can't wait for you to come and sleep over. Oh, uh, wow. So that's a slumber party. That's, that's a whole new ask. Okay, I'll take that under advisement. I think I might not be free that day, but we'll see. In the meantime... It's the weekend. Have a great weekend, everyone. Hopefully you're doing something less stressful than moving. We'll be back here on Monday for The Guy Benson Show. We will talk to you then. That was this week's edition of Bonus Benson. For more Guy Benson Show, go to GuyBensonShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. The Will Kane Show is now dropping five episodes a week. Join Fox & Friends weekend host Will Kane as he tackles the latest headlines from his unique perspective, along with thought-provoking interviews with leading figures and live calls from viewers and listeners. Listen wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.